Welcome to Canny Cross Conversations with me, Michelle. And me, Louise, talking all things dogs, running and canny sports. This episode is sponsored by the Get Stronger Run a Faster 5K course. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with their dogs. Welcome back to Canny Cross Conversations and we have Nick with us again this week and this week we are going to talk about ticks and worming. Excellent. Excellent. That's the right topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I can't stand the things. Um, so ticks, is there a season for ticks more than others? Or are they there all year round? Um, well, ticks uh, tend to be very active in the, I guess, in the summer months. So you, we don't see many dogs with ticks in the winter months. Uh, ultimately, ticks' life cycle is that they, they hang around in grass. They walk up grass and attach to uh, a living uh uh, animal that walks past, whether that be a dog or a cat or a sheep or a deer, uh, it sucks blood and then it drops off. So it, it's always in the summer months, they tend to hibernate over middle winter, if you, if you like. So they're not active at those stages. So, yeah, it's, de- it's generally a sort of a, I guess, a, a March to, to sort of October thing. Uh, how long, it, or is, is there a sort of cycle that, that, that it takes um, for them to sort of take as much? Load out as they want. Yeah, so ticks are the good thing about ticks is they don't live in your house. It's not like fleas, so you haven't got to worry about if your dog's got a tick, you're going to suddenly be infested with ticks. Uh, They are individuals. So when when we see dogs with ticks, they are usually in low numbers, um, so usually one or two. And sometimes you can get uh, uh, several uh, more than that. And they tend to attach to um, lesser haired areas. So it's usually around the eyes sometimes, the insides of the ears. Uh, I guess uh, under the armpits as well, um, but again, it depends on the on the breed of dog as well, because some dogs are very hairy and they, they sort of they, they have sleepier hair. And again, the grippier the dogs with the slightly grippier hair um, uh, tend to get more ticks. Um, but yeah, they so they attach and then they suck blood for about three or four days. So they initially they're about the size, or they're about two millimeters across. So yeah. that you can only just see them. Yeah, you can just um, feel them. So you, yeah, you can barely see them, and they stick their little mouth parts under the skin. And then they they expand dramatically, so they you know they become like yeah, ten or fifteen times bigger, and so they get to the size of a well, a raisin, that sort of thing, but a smooth, it's usually a smooth grey surface. And then they'll drop off, and then usually they would drop off. You know, the, their life cycle means that they would drop off in the um, into the grass, but obviously sometimes it ends up being on your sofa or in your bed. Yeah, which is oh. which is good. Good reason for not having a dog on your bed. Sorry, well, yeah, ticks in the bed. No, no, thank you. So. If we didn't remove them, we'll come back to removing them in a minute, but if we didn't remove them, what's that going to, yeah, what's well, going to cause a problem? What to would happen? So if the tick attaches, um, as long as the tick isn't carrying any other disease, I'll mention that in a minute, um, they will just attach. Uh, usually there'll be, a, be a, I guess, a bit like a mosquito bite. You'll tend to get a little raised area where the actual mouth parts have gone into the skin. Um, they get to a certain size, as I said, um, uh, and they last about three or four days, and then they will just drop off. When they drop off, usually the inflammation on the skin dies down. Right. That's what usually happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It can get infected, and so you can get like a real sort of like almost like a micro abscess sort of form, uh, or what we call a tick bite reaction. Um, so that happens uh, as well. So if you do nothing, that, the normal process is they will disappear. They don't stay on there forever. Right. They'll keep on getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they, so they will just fall off. 
I guess the problem with leaving them attached is that they do they are actually a source of disease. Uh, and so I guess the biggest problems with gecko ticks is one is they cause reactions. So some dogs do get like big reactions where they're attached. And the other thing is we tend to get uh, in this country, there's worse diseases in, in more tropical climates. Uh, but in this country, Lyme disease is, is uh, a disease that we do see. Again, it's not very common. But it does happen. And how would that affect the dog then? Um, it can cause all sorts of signs. Uh, uh, general lethargy. Uh, it can cause uh, lameness is probably one of the most uh, oh, really? ones they tend to get like a like a, a, a polyarthritis, if you like, but they're just sort of limping. But uh, just general lethargy would be the main one. And so as soon as we see one, what's the best way to remove it? Because we don't necessarily need to come to see you, do we? No, you can you can do it off your own bat. You can go on Amazon and get like a the, the most effective things are, are called tick hooks. There's lots of different yeah. makes of them. They're like a little, just like a little hook with a little fork, and you slide it under the under the between the skin and the um and the tick, and you just twizzle and you sort of twist it sort of you know 360 degrees and back again and back again. Pulling it out is not a good idea because you tend to leave the mouth parts. If you do a nice light twizzle and it just then tends to work its way out. You can spend sort of 30 seconds going back and forth, twisting it. Um, it'll, but I dare say there'll be loads of videos on YouTube yeah. uh, to show you what to do. Uh, but um, yeah, so trying to just yank it out is probably not a good idea because you'll probably snap off the mouth parts that are, that are dug under the skin, and that will definitely cause the dog to get a much bigger reaction afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then you will be down to bets and spending your money. <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> so basically, when we come back from a dog walk in the summer, from grass last week to, to ticks this week, we need to check our dogs regularly. Yeah, I think, to be honest, with ticks, it's really hard to find ticks before they've attached. I mean, I've, I've been walking in uh, areas myself, uh, um, in sort of deer country in, in woodland. And we've been back from a walk. We've sat down for like sandwiches, got up, and then got back to the car. And then there's been literally three or four ticks on our back. And I'll tell you what, they're bloody hard to pull out, even yeah. when they've only been there for five minutes. Yeah. But with a dog's hair, realistically, you're really going to struggle to see yeah. them. So, um, because they're going to be in between the hairs. So it's almost impossible. But the best way to sort of prevent them attaching is to use products. To, um, to, to, to stop them attaching. Unfortunately, Nicely segued in it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there's lots of products out there or, or, or sort of medicines that will sort of reduce the chances of ticks attaching. Yeah. Um, and there's some that work uh, well, but most of them actually need the ticks to bite to actually then kill them. So what you generally get is they've already attached, but they'll die within sort of 24 hours and 48 hours. And, 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 the whole thing off. Pull it, pull and so it. it'll drop off probably before they've had a chance to take a full meal. Right. And depending on which drug company you that you listen to and the propaganda, it, it reduces the chances of um, disease transmission like the Lyme disease. Brilliant. And so I know that I use a, a tick and worming um, uh, oh, yeah, product, that's the word, with um, pickle. So just talk quickly about worming. Should we be worming our dogs regularly and why? Yeah, well, I guess uh, that's a big subject, worms, because <laughs> I guess there's three types of worms, um, so roundworms, tapeworms and lungworm, uh, and they've all got different um, different problems associated with them. Roundworms, which is the main worm that we worm against, the intestinal worms that live in the guts, uh, they don't tend to cause large problems for, for dogs. Um, you know, dogs can have worms and not you know, show much in the way symptoms, maybe a little bit gut upset, uh, but not a lot. Uh, but they do have an implication for uh, public health, and roundworms are much more uh, important in children because they can get to uh, toxicora issues 
and that's uh, been linked with asthma, it's been linked with eyesight uh, problems as well in rare cases. So uh, worming your dog, especially if you've got young children, I think is a very good thing to do. Yeah. And theoretically, you should do it every month if you've got young kids. Um, but uh, certainly at least four times a year would be a sort of general recommendation if you've got uh, dogs and children. You just made me feel better because I know I've missed the number. <laughs> so, I feel quite good now. That's good. That's brilliant. Excellent. So make sure that you're getting out there. And yeah, so that's around worms. Take worms, uh, uh, another type of worm, and they tend to get those from, from eating dead animals. Um, and again, most worms have a combined action. But again, it will depend on what product you use. I can't even talk about that because no. there's billions of different yeah. products uh, available. Uh, and then lungworm is, uh, I guess, a, a, a newer thing that we've become more aware of, I guess, over the last 10 years. Um, and that is a problem, and that is a much more of a regional problem in the UK. Oh, really? So um, you tend to have more problems in the southeast, uh, South Wales, um, a little bit more creeping up into the Midlands, but um, we don't see many cases, certainly locally, in Market Harbour, Leicestershire, we don't uh, see many cases at all. Uh, and is, the, is that, sorry, is that because it's just come from somewhere else, like Europe, and it's making its yeah, way Yeah, no, it's always been present in the UK, but maybe with climate uh, changes and whatnot, it's, uh, things tend to be moving a bit more north, I guess, and that's what's happening. So uh, those are the worms that, uh, these lung worms actually uh, live in the uh, major vessels near the heart, and then they can cause um, uh, problems with the lungs, so they um, tend to cause coughing, and they can cause bleeding disorders as well. And it can, they can have, you know, if you see the adverts for the for the people that make the drugs to prevent lungworms, you'll see shopping uh, videos of dogs oh. dying. Oh. And that's pretty, luckily that's pretty rare, so don't worry too much about that. Yeah. But a month, again, a monthly worming regime. Yeah, okay, I'm back on it. What you would need to do, especially if you're living down in the southeast or South Wales, that would be um, something sensible to do. Um, but um, yeah, no, so they're, they're, they're quite nasty. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I hope you've learned something new I have about ticks and learning, learning. So thank you, Nick. Appreciate no that. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you get a moment, please leave us a review. We'll see you next time on Canny Cross Conversations. Thank you to our sponsor, Get Stronger, Run Faster 5K. Find out more about the course at the link in the show notes. It's great for canny crossers and runners to improve their 5K time and keep up with the dogs. And it will really help you to enjoy running more and avoid injury.